Okay, welcome to another edition of Downton Gabby. Today we are discussing the very eventful episode three of season three. I'm Rachel Horowitz in Oakland. I'm Brandy Sperry in Seattle. And I'm Teresa Schechter in Brooklyn. And we are down one Gabby today. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really too bad because I bet she would want to discuss what just happened to Edith. Well, I was thinking the fun of this podcast would be to put words into Shannon's mouth. She'd be like, this is because you're supposed to follow your dreams. You got to go to London. Hey, I kind of agree. Obviously, I felt bad because Edith was, again, the big loser of the family. And I didn't really like the way um, Violet kind of stepped in in the middle of the thing where Antony's like, "Uh, I can't do this. I have to go. And she runs in and she's like, yes, it's for the better. Get out of here. Go, go. Yeah, that was awkward. (laughs) Yeah. Awkward. I thought I thought Edith was going to be more mad at the Dowager than that. She, yeah, I would have like, I'm never speaking to you again for ruining my life. Well, so we should back up a little and talk about, well, let's start with Edith and talk about the events that led to this major altar scene. <laughs> Did you guys see it coming? What I, I worried. Just yeah. because... I didn't think they were going to let us have two happy weddings. I was like, something's going to happen. But I more thought that he was going to have like a heart attack and die or something right before it. Me too. I thought it was going to be like some health thing because they kept talking about how old he was. Yeah. (laughs) Like keel over or something. Thought she would like knock on his door and then like find him dead in bed or something horrible. (laughs) Do you remember? Yeah, because in the previous episode, they sort of keep the engagement a secret. And remember when they said, let's, we'll tell everyone in the morning. And that's when I thought, there was foreshadowing, like they'll never make it to the morning. <laughs> but that would have been was, super dramatic. Then when she was all in her wedding, it's funny, Brandy. I had the exact opposite thought. I I naively was like, "What? Two amazing Downton weddings in one season? What a lucky girl am I?" It was it was very dramatic, and I really loved Edith's dress. Oh, I was. I liked tell it you too. That. Yeah, I thought she looked beautiful. The dress, the, again, another amazing sort of tiara. It must be the family tiara or something, because I think I just, it's the same one that Mary is wore. Is it? Yeah. Oh, it's it's good. It's really good. Yeah, she looked gorgeous, really gorgeous. Oh, and then I was worried that she was going to go like full Miss Havisham and never take the dress <laughs> off again. <laughs> but that was the saddest thing is that by the next morning she had just resigned herself to it and that was almost worse for me than if she had still been wallowing right she's just i'm the spinster i may as well go play my role is that like a british thing like they they always seem so resigned to to everything you know when when matthew tells robert that he's decided not to give him the money and robert is like well you've made your mind up there's nothing more to say about it <laughs> Yeah, Mary is the least British of all of them. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, she keeps... Even though she's the one her. constantly going around being like, Mama, I'm British and you're not. That's why <laughs> you don't understand me. Honest <laughs> to God, the way Mary talks to Cora sometimes, I'm like, do not talk to your mother that way. <laughs> but I think back to Edith really quickly. One thing that I was thinking... So, you know, in Jane Austen novels, getting married, you know, you're you're part of a household... And your only way out really is getting married to someone in the county or whatever. And then otherwise you really are a spinster because it was difficult in that era to go out and about and make your own destiny. But Edith is at this time in history where she could 
she has wealth and her family would support her, she could go stay with someone in London or go to New York. You know what I mean? Like when when there was this threat that Mary was going to go to New York, you know, after her horrible secret was found out. Right. I was thinking, cool. <laughs> Mary's going to yeah. go to New York. So yeah, I think Edith could could kind of do anything, even if it doesn't seem like that to her. She's like on the cusp of well, we all just want her to go to London and be fabulous, I guess. But well, she could go be fabulous, or if you want to be more retrograde, her biggest complaint is that all the boys in their county have died in the war. So just logically, there must be tons of young men in the city. <laughs> Like, if your goal is just to get married, go get your, like, MRS degree in London, you know? Um, I definitely hope that they do something like that, just to mix it up, because I can't, I don't know what else they're going to do with her, and I really don't want to just watch her wander around the halls forever. I the, the one scene that kind of, it made me laugh, which I felt like such a jerk, but when she was like, look at you two, married, pregnant, happy, just get out of my room. Oh, when she's like, Sybil pregnant, Mary probably pregnant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so funny. But really funny. it wasn't meant to be funny, but it was so funny. So ultimately, do you guys feel she dodged a bullet, that he did her a favor? Or do you think she could have lived happily ever after with that guy? I think she was going to be genuinely happy, but I don't think that this precludes her from being happy again. Yeah, I, I think she would have been content, let's say. Yeah. I think Content is happy for Edith, though. I don't think that she has a grand vision for herself. She just wants to keep up with everyone else, and that's good enough. From a plot standpoint, I was actually, I came to the conclusion that I'm happy this happened because I do want to see her in a really sexy romance with someone. Well, they're going to need to use her for that because there's, like, no one else left to do a sexy romance. Or what are we going to be watching Daisy and Alfred or whatever his name is. Like. <laughs> Let's just get this plot out of the way. Does she have a crush on this guy or what? I'm I'm actually kind of confused. I can't tell Daisy's, you I know. Think so. I think she has a crush on him. And there's two things that bother me about this storyline. One, we already watched the American girl have a crush on him. Is this guy like oozing pheromones or is he just the only meat in the room? I don't right? know. <laughs> but... <laughs> The second thing is that he's basically a clone of William, who Daisy yes. was like, ew, get away from me. So, like, what was wrong with William? Come on. Yes. I literally, oh my gosh, Brandy, I'm so glad you said that, because all night I was like, what? This isn't opposite William. This is William. <laughs> all over again. It could have at least made him, like, redheaded with a sense of humor. It's, yeah, very strange what, what catches Daisy's eye. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, at first, like on the first season, she was when she hadn't quite clued into Thomas's true ways. She liked him. So I thought it was more like she wanted someone dark and dashing. I don't know. Maybe it's just anybody at this point. Important a Well, he's kind of nice to her. Yeah. But, you know, so was uh, the other guy. Sometimes I think that she's incredibly sharp. And yeah. sometimes I think she's just kind of slack-jawed country girl. We can backtrack here and talk about the letter from Lavinia. <laughs> that, of course, Daisy was the one that sent it. And, of course, she wanders in and is like, oh, I did that. She was ever so nice. <laughs> While everyone is staring at her and she has no clue what's going on. It was funny because when I think Mary explains it, she's like, Daisy, 
Daisy sent the letter and there's like a beat. The kitchen girl. Like no one. <laughs> right. No one has any idea who Daisy is upstairs. She All makes up people... your fire. She's just kind of there. Oh, her. She's oh, like anvil. <laughs> that's the thing that's really interesting with the upstairs downstairs thing because, like, of course, we know all the downstairs people really well, but in fact, um, all the crawlies don't necessarily know who Daisy is. She's just that <laughs> little thing in the corner doing the fire. Yeah, that's the only time they ever see her, and she's supposed to be doing fires when no one is there. Like she's just supposed to be completely invisible. Yeah, all their faces when Daisy's like la la la. Oh, I said that. <laughs> like, <laughs> and this is already a dramatic moment since Mary had burst into the servants' quarters with her hair still in a braid hanging over her shoulder. I was oh scandalized. My... I was too. Was... <laughs> Scandal. She managed to throw in some pearls, but yeah. <laughs> Anna's like, did you ring? And was I late to go up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the you equivalent. Everyone into a panic. That's totally the equivalent of like the modern day, like I rolled out of bed and threw on Uggs to go get coffee <laughs> and hope I don't run into anyone I work with. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you, you can see the whole household is just going to hell. You know, yeah. every oh, episode yeah. there's another <laughs> gross indignity. Yeah. And now Mary came down with her hair still in a braid. Yeah, what are we? Some kind of hippie commune now. <laughs> so but it was so funny too when Matthew gets she reads the letter when he asked her not to. And of then, course. Yeah. So Any surprise? It. Like you're married yeah. to Katie Mary. Of course she's gonna dig around in your personal effects. <laughs> <laughs> and then when the the man is telling him, I know what what happened and I'm still cool with you taking my money. He's just like, I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not suggesting that you forged the letter, but someone must have. <laughs> I was like, I actually kind of threw my hands in the air like, who? who th- what? What is he talking about? That was so beautiful. When you're suggesting it's a forgery, like, what else can I do to not take this money? Yeah. But then, of course, I had this like terrible visual in my mind of this like very sick Lavinia scribbling this letter with Daisy's help. <laughs> like, I've got to get this letter out so everyone knows the real deal. Very kind of a funny. That was the most, I think, soapy soap opera sort of. I will. I, let me let me add that um, I believe this is Shannon's note in our program notes. This letter is so convenient, it makes me want to puke. (laughs) Yeah. My only hope is that Lavinia will finally be dead to the show after he takes the (laughs) damn money. (laughs) That was Shannon's note on that scene. In all caps, by the way. (laughs) Yes, in all caps. Um, Uh, Apparently, though, we may have heard the last of Lavinia, but I just read um, that, that Mr. Pamuk is not yet dead and gone. What? What more is this guy gonna do? I don't know. I was reading an interview with the the stars of Downton Abbey talking about this season, and they were alluding to the fact that the story of Mr. Pamuk is not completely done. What if he has a brother and that <laughs> and he comes and he comes to Downton to figure out what exactly went on with his brother's death? And then if it's a twin Edith. brother, I'll accept it. <laughs> yeah. And then him and Edith fall in love and they're setting this whole thing Ooh. up. 
If that doesn't happen, I really need you to write some fan fiction. I think I will. I'll be I'll be prepared to read it. Yeah. So I'm I'm very thankful, despite being irritated like Shannon at the convenience of it all. I'm actually super glad to be done with the will Matthew take the money and send down and save Downton Abbey or not? Oh, what will happen there? Like it's good. Yeah. He's like a co-owner now, which is good because that sets up some interesting stuff. Like he's not just handing the money over to Robert. He actually will now have a real say in running the estate yeah which is interesting because i think what it will do more than put the two of them against each other if something comes up is put cora and mary against each other if they disagree with like what to do with some development oh interesting oh yeah because you know the wives are the power behind the throne or whatever (laughs) although cora cora once again totally good natured about you know moving into Downton Place. She seems almost relieved at the idea. She does. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's almost like, you know, we're empty nesters with Edith and we're going to downsize. Yeah, she's she's almost kind of embracing it. Um, Interestingly. It's funny. Well, she's she's American. Yes. Well, yes. I think, but I, I, I know that this is the way these houses work and you know, this is Lady Mary's big dream is to stay in Downton forever. But I still can't get over, like, getting married and still being that close to your parents. So going back downstairs, uh, Thomas and O'Brien's feud heats up. And now I'm beginning to understand that um, the young man who Daisy has a crush on, he, I feel like his, I, I was trying to figure out why did he come to the show? What's the point? And I'm starting to believe it's just to kick off this feud. Yeah, gets- because that really seems to be what Thomas is pissed about, that this guy is there. Yeah. So they used to be, so we spent a couple seasons with these two as allies, and it's kind of fun, actually, to see them as mortal enemies. So this time around, this was actually one of my favorite parts of the show because you know, he plants the seed with Mosley, who's pumped to be at Downton. <laughs> that is, that's the word. He is pumped. <laughs> is like dreams come true for some people, you guys. <laughs> dreams are coming true for Mosley. Poor guy. Side note, when he like declines a glass of wine at dinner, I cracked up. I guess. <laughs> he knows his limits now. He's not going to ruin it. Thomas plants the seed that there is a position opening and the position is (laughs) O'Brien's. And it's funny that Mosley goes straight into the saloon or whatever the, that room where they lounge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Can I just, can I just digress for one moment? You know, in the opening credits when the bell rings and it says saloon. Yeah. Bell. Like what the hell? (laughs) Saloon. (laughs) Saloon. Because that's the library, I think, where they hang out with those awesome red couches. I Like, the only frame of reference I have for any of the names of these rooms is Clue, the board game. <laughs> well, there's no saloon in Clue. <laughs> but it's really awkward, too, when Mosley comes in. And it's like, can I have a word with Cora? And they're all like, yeah, go for it. And he has to do it in front of the whole family. <laughs> like, like, Cora's going to get up and go outside in the hallway to quickly chat. Right. And, like, Cora has to act like she knows all about O'Brien leaving. Why wouldn't she ask uh, O'Brien about it? Is this yet another thing, like, we're just not going to talk about it? It's like she was testing her, like, trying to get her to say it. Isn't there anything else you might want to tell me, (laughs) O'Brien? Oh, my gosh, Brandy, that was an amazing (laughs) Cora impression. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, she plays a little bit of a passive aggressive game with yeah. O'Brien. I love O'Brien's face. She's like, no, that's <laughs> that's about all I've got. <laughs> I, ha- I have less curls, but yeah. And then when O'Brien tells her like, no, it's a rumor. It's stupid. I'm here to stay. There's zero truth to it. Cora, the kicker is she's like, well, I'm still disappointed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's a weird thing. That's like when when Robert asked Thomas if he's unpopular downstairs. You know, yeah. it's really kind of weird. Like O'Brien had nothing to do with this. And Cora still feels like the inconvenience of her worrying about this. Yeah. Is still That's O'Brien's the- fault. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff where that's the type of moment where you can tell O'Brien's like, on the one hand, I like this lady because she makes me powerful in the house. On the other hand, the shit I have to deal with. (laughs) Well, I mean, to be fair, it is remarkable how often the drama from downstairs filters upstairs and they have to be like, what is going on with you people? (laughs) Like babies bursting into the dining room missing dress shirts oh yeah people people (laughs) passing out o'brien is you know cool enough to tell mosley that it's not his fault at all which is good because o'brien ultimately i think she's a fair-minded lady yeah she seems to be okay she's certainly better than when she was hiding the soap under cora's bathtub oh geez uh she's gonna come up with something good to get back at thomas though and i'm excited to see what that is I have a side note. So I just realized this. I don't know why. But there's Thomas, who is now Robert's valet. And then there's Tom, who used to be the chauffeur. So Thomas and Tom, like, were there not enough servants' names to go around that they had to give two servants basically the same name? Okay, so basically two more things happened downstairs in this episode. We'll save the best for last, and let's get Anna out of the way. Uh, (laughs) Because I don't understand the point of these investigations that she's doing, and I really get frustrated when they cut away to her because it's so boring. It is so – like, I'm convinced she she must have also done every scene with Bates in a prison in, like, one afternoon. Because it's, like, it's the same scene over and over again it's really making me nuts i have zero interest in this but i am i do have like a conspiracy theory i mean is bates actually a psycho apparently all his problems when he used to be violent and stuff was related to how he was drinking right yeah right so he's not going to start drinking again in prison right but he's definitely like letting out some steam on his asshole of a cellmate he's got like i like maybe a jekyll and hyde thing going on and did you guys feel like when Anna talked to the Vera's old friend that Anna was a little confused, like, this sounds genuinely terrifying? Yeah, there was a little bit of me that wondered what the fuck happened. Um, yeah. I started thinking, wait, maybe Bates did it. I've kind of had that suspicion all along. Like, how are they really going to come up with something that would not have him actually having done it? I mean... I yeah, just don't well, believe that she killed herself after all that scheming. She's a pretty ambitious lady. I came away from all this feeling like maybe our journey is Anna's journey and she's going to figure out instead of, you know, finding his innocence, she'll find that he's really super guilty. See, that would be fun. That would be interesting. I hope they do that. Yeah. 
that would be more fun than long-suffering Bates in jail, wrongly accused, getting yeah. stuff hidden in his mattress or whatever. Yeah. Whatever that was, like tobacco. a cigar or something. I don't Weed? know. Weed? Yeah. Weed. <laughs> <laughs> Bates could use some weed. He needs a mellow out right now. Dude. But definitely like the sexiest. Like I don't I'm not really attracted to him. I don't like find him like a good romantic lead. But when he was when he was tough with his roommate, I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool Bates. Mm. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Wow. Let's just keep that between us. <laughs> Podcast <laughs> listeners, please don't tell anyone that Rachel yeah. is hot for Bates. <laughs> just don't don't tweet that. So the last uh, big story downstairs. Oh, so heartwarming, right? So Carson overhears Mrs. Hughes and Mrs. Patmore talking and his meddling is slightly aggravating, but mostly adorable. Yeah. His little song at the end. I cried. I honest to God, I cannot tell what's making me cry because I have hormones right now raging and I cry at everything, but. Did you guys find that moment really? It touching? was really touching. Yeah, it really was touching. really, really touching. You're right. Carson has been the reason for half of my cries this season. <laughs> <laughs> his his soft spots really get me. Yeah. So we're 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 glad Mrs. Hughes is okay, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had said that it would be kind of a fascinating storyline to watch someone be treated for cancer in 1920s style. Yeah. But I definitely am happy to keep the character around rather than watch her slow, sad demise. That would have been hard. Okay, so predictions. I think Mary and Matthew are going to get pretty opinionated about the house and the way it works. Yeah. Uh, I think there's going to be, maybe, I just said things are going to get more exciting, but I think there also will be some boring romantic stuff downstairs. I'm waiting for Mosley to decide he's going to swoop in on Anna again uh. <laughs> watch something boring there um or maybe delightfully awkward and entertaining <laughs> yeah i i think edith will be okay and fall in love with mr pamuk's brother <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> definitely what's gonna happen obviously i can read the tea leaves guys all right <laughs> oh and the um i did you know cheat and watch the little preview for the next episode mm-hmm. and it looks like we're actually finally going to get into some good uh revolutionary stuff with oh, uh, yeah what's her name sybil and her husband tom. oh good yeah tom's yeah. gonna be uh doing something bad <laughs> yeah revolutionary gonna, army gonna, like firebomb something and leave sybil or something it looks good yeah yeah that'll be very interesting good yeah he needs to do something besides just rant about it like i want to see some action so that's it for this episode. Really great one. Thanks to everyone for listening. Um, you can find us online on Twitter at Downton Gabby. Ask us questions. Talk to us. We're also on Facebook and you can see us on Tumblr. What's the Tumblr address? <laughs> it's downgabby.tumblr.com. Right. Exactly. <laughs> okay, that's good. So we'll see you guys online and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye.
my way, I close my eyes, and he has found me in the rain, the pavement shines.